Well, thank you, ladies. Beautiful song. What a message in that song. Our Lord lives again. If you brought your Bibles, please turn to Mark chapter 12. We want to look at Mark chapter 12 and also Amos. Amos chapter 7, the Old Testament. Mark chapter 12, one verse, and then Amos chapter 7 in the Old Testament. I'm going to be sharing a lot of scripture with you, so let me encourage you to jot those down. Some may be on the screen. I may have some that uh, Terry may not have, but, uh, but anyway, please remember to bring your Bibles every Sunday. Don't be dependent on the screen, because God would have us to bring his word with us, and so... Uh, we come to church. Mark chapter 12, verse 30. I'm going to share a message entitled, Meeting God's Expectations. Meeting God's Expectations. And I'm going to kind of preface this to begin with. This is probably a sermon that you're not going to like as far as saying, I enjoyed that sermon. Kindly keep in mind, it's not, it's God speaking to us. Don't ever, don't ever come to church and listen to me. But come to church and listen for God. And if you allow God to speak to you, He'll change your life. So let me encourage you to let God listen. And let me encourage you to listen to God speak to you. God says in Mark chapter 12, verse 30, And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. And with all thy strength, this is the first commandment. Now, if you remember, Jesus is teaching. One runs up to him. The lawyer says, hey, what's the, what's the greatest commandment? And so Jesus says, love the Lord thy God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your mind, with all of your strength. This is the first commandment. And now, if you will, look at the book of Amos. Amos chapter 7. Verse 7. Amos sees a vision. Amos 7, verse 7. Thus he showed me, and behold, the Lord stood upon a wall made by a plumb line, with a plumb line in his hand. And the Lord said unto me, Amos, what seest thou? And I said, a plumb line. Then said the Lord, Behold, I will set a plumb line in the midst of my people, Israel. And I will not again pass by them anymore. My heart has been moved to a point of brokenness and anger, or I should say righteous indignation as God has allowed me to reflect more and more on our departure from Him and His Word 
as a nation, as individuals, and as local churches. God's purpose for your life and for my life, for everyone, is identified by Jesus in Mark chapter 12, verse 30. When Jesus says, And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your mind, with all of your strength, this is the first commandment. So whether you're a Christian or whether you've never been saved, that's God's desire for you. His desire for you, for everyone, is to have a love relationship with His Son, Jesus Christ. A love relationship with Him. Jesus said that this is eternal life in a nutshell. Having a love relationship with Him. John chapter 17, verse 3 says, And this is eternal life. You want to know what eternal life is? It's just not living in heaven. But eternal life is that they might know thee, the only true God, in Jesus Christ, whom thou hast sinned. So Christ says, if you want to know what eternal life is, is that you know him personally, to have an intimate relationship with him. Now, it's a fact that we live in an evil world and sin will tempt us as individuals and as churches to depart from the living God. It's obvious today that we've become so desensitized to sin. And also desensitized to not only to sin, but the destructive power of sin and what it can do to us in our lives. And the result is that for the most part, the church looks less like Christ and more and more like the world or just some religious organization. Rather than feeling conviction for our sins, we kindly experience the chastening hand of God and push that off as just saying, well, I'm just going through spiritual warfare right now, and we blame it all on the devil. When God may be dealing with us in a very direct way. Now, God has a standard. God has an expectation for all people. Amos chapter 7, verse 7 through 8, God built His people like a straight wall, true to plumb, and when we depart, we're, we're, we're warped, we're unsteady, we're unsightly. We may not even recognize how close we are to collapsing. And so to help His people, God holds a plumb line beside our lives to show us how that we might have departed from Him. Henry Blackerby used this illustration of the in using the Leaning Tower of Pisa. The construction began on that tower in 1173, and it was not completed for 200 years. It's 179 feet tall, and it's made of solid marble. The ground beneath the tower is not strong enough to support the weight of the tower. So the tower begins to sink on one side. 
And so today, because of that, the tower leans more than 17 feet off center. The walls are straight, but the building is crooked. And the problem is the foundation. Now you could take a crane and you could pull that tower back into place and the walls would be straight and the tower would be straight, everything would be straight, and you could let turn the crane loose and the tower would lean back 17 feet off center. Here's the point. Your spiritual life has its foundation in a love relationship with Jesus Christ. Now, the way you live your life and the way that you practice your faith and the way that you obey the commands of God can be represented by that tower. If your life or our church is out of line with God's perfect plan, then that's evidence of a foundation problem. If your life is not in line with God's plan, that's evidence of a foundation problem. And the foundation for your spiritual life is a love relationship with His Son, Jesus Christ. Now, the issue is your love relationship. Jesus said, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word. He will keep my commandments. John 14, verse 23. So what's the plumb line? What, how do we gauge if we're not in line with his purpose and plan for our life? What is the gauge? What is the plumb line? Well, he gives us his word. He gives us the scripture. He gives us the Bible to show, it, show us how we're to live. Therefore, when we recognize that we've departed from his word, we know that we have a problem. Now, you can study God's word and see if you've departed from his word in any area of your life. And if you've departed, you have a spiritual problem. Friend, you cannot love God and fully... Well, let me just say it this way. You cannot love God fully and habitually disobey God. That's, spiritual, that's spiritually impossible. To say, I love God and to disobey God. Now, if you're disobeying God, if you're disobeying His Word, it's because you don't have a love relationship with Him like you should. John 14, verse 24. Listen what God's Word says. John 14, verse 24. He that loveth me not keepeth not my sayings. You hear that? He that loveth me not keepeth not my sayings. You cannot say, I love God and habitually practice sin that's spiritually impossible and the reason that we need revival in our churches is because we have forsaken our first love and God invites us to repent and return to him to his word to his church and so today I want you to ask God 
to set the plumb line of Scripture along your life and along your family. And ask God to show you where you've departed in regards to His commands, in regards to His holy word, in regards to Scripture. Let God bring to you to, to bring you to a point of, of brokenness over your estranged relationship with Him. 2 Corinthians 7 verse 10 says, Godly sorrow worketh repentance to salvation and not to be repented of. In other words, God can restore you to a close relationship with Him. Now I want you to remember that God has His expectations, God has His standard, God has His word. It's not what you think about it. But it's what God says about it. Now I'm going to close with some truths that are misunderstood and neglected. And so today, in the time we have remaining, God's dropping the plumb line down in front of my life and in front of your life. And we're going to see if we're out of plumb. If we have moved from God's standard in some areas. First of all, the first standard is God's Word is authoritative. The authority of God's Word. History reveals that those who experience revival have a deep reverence for God's Word and, and a readiness to obey God's Word. 2 Timothy 3, verse 16. Listen to God's Word. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God, is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. His Word is to be preached with power, and His Word is to be preached with conviction. Martin Lloyd-Jones said this, he says, Revival never comes to churches where fundamental doctrines are compromised. It's God's Word. So if you do not accept the Word of God as the inerrant, the inspired, the infallible Word of God, then you're out of plumb. His Word is the authority. His Word is the standard. No other word, no other source. It's just His holy Word. The second standard, second standard, second truth. Salvation is in Christ alone. 1 Timothy 2, 1 Timothy 2, look at verse 5. 1 Timothy 2, verse 5. For there is one God, one mediator between God and men. The man, Christ Jesus. The standard is salvation is in Christ alone. Jesus Christ is your only way to God. John 14, 6, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father but by me. So if you're going to heaven, it'll be through Christ and Him alone. It'll be through faith 
Ephesians 2.8, For by grace are you saved through faith. It will not be of yourselves. Ephesians 2.9, It is the gift of God. It won't be because of ordinances. It won't be because of your baptism. It won't be because of the Lord's Supper. It won't be because of the church affiliation, whether it's Baptist or Methodist or Catholic or, or, or whatever. But it'll be Christ and Him alone that permits you and allows you to go to heaven. So the question is, have you departed from that standard? That is a standard. Christ and Him alone. Are you dependent on something else to get you to heaven? Are you dependent on good works to get you to heaven? Are you dependent on a, a, your, your, uh, yeah, the history of your family to get you to heaven? Your mother was a Christian. Your father was a Christian. You came from a Christian family. Therefore, I must be going to heaven. Are you dependent on your good works to get you to heaven? The standard is Christ and Christ alone. Standard number three, all have sinned. Romans 3, 23, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Revival comes when there is a deep awareness that we have sinned against a holy God. Romans 6, 23, the wages of sin is death was not spoken to unbelievers. But it was spoken to Christians. In other words, if you dilly-dally around in sin as a Christian, it'll destroy you. It'll kill you. Regardless, Christian or non-Christian. Here's the point. Sin kills. Sin destroys. It destroys families. It destroys marriages. It severs relationships. It deadens the passion that a person has for Christ for the church, for the lost, for the kingdom work. That's what sin does. And when revival comes to the church, the people will view their sin the same as Christ views their sin. Here's the point. Are you out of plumb? Do you have unconfessed sin in your life? You just kind of marked it off or shoved it down the rug, and really that's not a big deal feel that's not a big thing with God and you know what's the use of me dwelling on that it is a big thing with God standard three all have sinned standard four genuine salvation leads to spiritual fruit that's a standard Galatians chapter 5 you look at verse 22 Galatians 5, verse 22. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. The fruit of the Spirit. In other words, if you have the Holy Spirit indwelling you, the, fruit is going to pro- the Spirit is going to produce some fruit. Love. Joy? Do you have joy? Do you not have any joy? I mean, when you come to church, are you excited about being at church and you're joyful about making a joyful noise unto the Lord and you come into the church and you're excited and, I mean, I can't wait to to worship and to sing and I'm singing from my heart and I'm, 
I'm really joyful in worship today. Do you feel that joy in your life? Here's the point. If you have no joy in your heart, you've moved from God. If you have no love in your heart, you've moved from God. If you don't have long-suffering in your heart, you've moved from God. If you don't have peace in your heart, you've moved from God. If you don't have meekness in your heart, you've moved from God. So where are you in regards to the plumb line? Standard number four, genuine salvation leads to spiritual fruit. If you have no fruit in your life, you're lost. Standard number five, believers obey Christ as Lord. Luke chapter 6, verse 46, Jesus says, Why call me Lord, Lord, and do not the things that I say? So here's the question. Are you doing what Christ is asking you to do? I was speaking to one of our mission team members who went to Nicaragua this summer, and, and the person said, I knew I was to go last year, but I didn't go, and I've got to go this year. Now the difference is they were not obedient last year, they were obedient this year. Number five, is the Lord your Lord? Are you doing what he's directing you to do? Number six, believers are characterized by holiness. First Peter chapter one. Believers are characterized by holiness. Verse 15. But as he which hath called you is holy, so be ye holy in all manner of conversation. Now the word holy doesn't mean perfect, but it means separated unto God. But as he which has called you to be separate, so be separate in all manner of your life. Because it is written, be ye separate, for I'm separate. I'm shocked, even more this week, at the immoral lifestyles of those who are unbelievers, but even more so of those who profess to be Christians. brought a magazine in, I was reading it, got it yesterday. This is the on-mission magazine from the North American Mission Board. And it has just several stats in here. This is one that just kind of caught my eye. Listen to this. More young women are choosing to move in with a man prior to or in lieu of marriage than ever before in America. According to a recent study, some 48% of the women between the ages of 15 and 44 move in for the first time with a man to whom they weren't married. Consider those stats. And he goes further by saying, 
percentage of women living with a man before marriage by the age of 20 is 25%. By the age of 30, it's 75%. What's God's standard in regards to that? Have we left his standard as a society? Sounds like it. Have we left his standard in regards to those who profess to be believers? What's his standard? Well, he gives it. Revelation 21, verse 8. He says, But the fearful and the unbelieving and the abundable and the murderers and the whoremongers and the sorcerers and the idolaters and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. And then in Revelation chapter 22, I believe it's verse 14, Blessed are they that do his commandments that they may have right to the tree of life and may enter in through the gates into the city. He's speaking about heaven. For without, those outside those gates are dogs, infidels, sorcerers, whoremongers, murderers, idolaters, and whosoever loveth and maketh a lie. Lying is just as bad as idolatry. Hold the plumb line. God's standard. Have you moved from it? Then you've departed from that relationship. Real simple. Number seven. Standard God's people forgive. You know, Jesus commanded his followers to forgive those who had offended them. Matthew chapter 5. Look, if you will, at verse 44. Matthew 5, verse 44. God's Word says, But I say unto you, love your enemies, bless them that curse you, do good to them that hate you, and pray for them which despitefully use you and to persecute you. Jesus said that. Here's the point. There's not one acceptable excuse for a Christian to withhold forgiveness from anyone. Not one. And if you find yourself being an unforgiving person, it's because of a hardened, unrepentant, bitter heart. And you have moved from that personal relationship with Jesus Christ. We're to have a love relationship with Him. God says, I have a standard. My authority is the Word of God. Salvation is in Christ alone. All have sinned. There's spiritual fruit in the life of a Christian. I'm to be the Lord of a Christian's life. You're to be holy as I am holy. And you're to forgive as I have forgiven you. 
That's a standard. Now let me close with this. Have you been born of the Spirit of God? Have you asked Christ to come into your life and the Holy Spirit of God dwells in you? Well, then let me ask you a question. What evidence do you have of that? What makes you different than the person who's never trusted Jesus Christ? Have you been filled or are you being filled with the Holy Spirit of God? We live in a very, very uh, trying time right now. The world is really, really coming apart. And as Christians, we need to be closer to the Lord today than we've ever been before. And my prayer is, as God drops a plumb line down in front of you, that you're true to plumb. And then if he convicts you or he convicts me that I'm not, then I need to see the seriousness of sin and see what he thinks about sin and how he feels about sin. And I need to have a broken and contrite heart and ask him to forgive me and to cleanse me of that filth in my life, regardless what it does. Because one day he's coming again. And you might just have a mere profession and not a possession. And if you don't have a possession of faith, I ask you to come today and say, I want to give Jesus my heart, my life. I want to trust Him as Lord and Savior of my life. Or perhaps He's dropped a plumb line down in front of you in one of these standards I've mentioned, and you're just out of plumb. You may want to come today and just pray and say, Lord, I'm out of plumb in this area. Maybe there's some areas that I haven't mentioned. Maybe, maybe he's dropped it down in front of you, know, you and your relationship with your spouse or your relationship with your parents or serving him or whatever. And you're just out of plumb. I, I tell you, it's serious. And God sees it as being serious.